You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We have one game in the books, preseason game number one, the Hall of Fame game, Steelers and Cowboys. Matt, I know you covered this game a ton already, more probably than it needs to be covered, but let's talk about it a little bit because we've got some real football. We saw some players running around on the field at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL is where you can find us. Get those questions going for our next Twitter Tuesday episode. We might even have some time today to get into some of your leftover questions from last week. Still have a lot of good ones. There's always good questions that come in every day to Matt and I on Twitter. Um, but Matt, since you've watched this game so <laughs> intently and have covered it, did post game on it, you cover the Steelers. Uh, I just I got to go to you first. You, you're the best person to talk to about this football game since I have to admit. I did not make it through the fourth quarter of this game. In fact, <laughs> I didn't make it into the second half of this game because uh, I did have a, a slow pitch softball game, and I thought, yeah, you know what? I'd, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna record it. Probably not gonna come back and watch the end of it because it was just before halftime when I left the house, and I did not come back. To, I did not feel the need to come back and watch the second half of this game. So you have to fill in those gaps for me. But uh, let's start with the beginning of the game. We did see some uh, Chase Claypool and some Deontay Johnson. Uh, we did see some Micah Parsons out there. So there were some names on the field to start. Yeah, there were, and I didn't think Najee Harris would be part of it, and he got I don't know five or six carries, something like that. Um, of course I paid intense, you know, I was very intent on watching every play and took some notes and, but then we did the post game show, which we finished up at one fifteen AM. And then I had to drive home from there. So I haven't watched the game a second time. My apologies, but I don't think you missed a whole heck of a lot <laughs> to say the least. And I always say this, the hall of fame games amongst the most anticlimactic events of the NFL season, you know, I'm not going to super nerd out with, you know, third string Steelers that I'm talking about that may or may not make the team or this fifth round pick look good or James Pierre made a play and maybe he'll make the, you know, be in the mix at the cornerback position. I'm not going to get that nerdy on it, but it was great to see football. Um, you know, you mentioned Claypool. He made a big play. I saw this right before the game. The over-under for this game was like 25 or 26 or something like that, and it still went under. Like, <laughs> no one expected there to be points, and there wasn't. There were missed kicks, and, you know, I mean, it was not super eventful, but you did mention Parsons and Claypool and Deontay, and uh, those guys showed up a little bit too. It was, you know, it was, I was happy to watch it, but it you have to be pretty nerdy to – really get into that game absolutely Parsons getting in on a couple tackles yeah uh, as you mentioned Najee Harris was in the game and you weren't sure if he was going to play at all did get seven carries for 22 yards not a huge uh, yards per carry average there for him but get the rookie some action see some live bullets see some people trying to hit him for real for real real um Kalen Balaj got in the end zone on the ground for the Pittsburgh Steelers um, that just not really a who's who when it comes to quarterbacks. You got the Ben DiNucci in there. He's he, he, <laughs> right. I, I like Ben DiNucci's throwing motion. It's so smooth. It looks almost like a golf swing the way he throws. But I almost I want to like shake him and be like, hurry up your process or something. Like just get the ball to your hands. It's just it's like too it's too nonchalant looking almost. Even though it's super smooth. Cooper Rush, Garrett Gilbert, uh, 
Mason Dwayne Rudolph, Haskins was Haskins. kind of fun to watch. Yeah, Haskins. Yeah. I was just I was gonna ask you, like, did anybody stand out? Did you see something you liked from any of those guys? <laughs> I mean, Josh Dobbs played too. He's not terrible. So the Steelers' three quarterbacks, at least, were all NFL quarterbacks. There's been a lot of buzz around Haskins. I will say in camp. Um, and I thought he played the best of the three Steeler quarterbacks and ball comes out of his hands better than those guys. Mm -hmm. You can see that he's a better thrower than Rudolph or Dobbs or any of the Cowboys guys that were there. Um, and I always thought, boy, Haskins is a real statue in the pocket. And I will say he's either lost weight or worked on his feet or whatever, but he's moving around a lot better than he did in his Washington days. And I assume the Steelers have been pushing him in that direction. Uh, we'll see. I mean, there's a little buzz here that he could unseat Rudolph for the number two job. I mean, that's about as high hopes as, as there are. Not that, you know, he's going to be the next Hall of Famer after Ben or anything. Chase Claypool was the most heavily targeted receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers with four targets. He had the 45-yarder. Is Claypool potentially the guy there? Like Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, is there potential for... Is that a 1A, 1B? Is it a 1 and a 2? Is it, a, you know, Juju's still around? Is is Claypool potentially the guy where we're like, oh, my God, what were we thinking? This is actually the dude. Sort of. <laughs> well, side note, Juju to me is clearly the three. It's big slot and guy. Big slot guy and, you know, a good player, obviously. And then James Washington, just like an hour ago, so reportedly requested a trade because he's stuck behind these three, you know, he has one year left on his deal. I think Washington could play for a lot of teams. I think he's a pretty good player, but more like a three who's stuck in a four. Um, last year showed us though, when Deontay was healthy, he missed some time. He left the game early. He averaged, I think the third most targets in the league. I think only Adams and Diggs average more, targets per snap, targets per game, however you want to figure it out. So Deontay really took on the Antonio Brown role as close as you can come. But Claypool's, Claypool's more talented, and they used him more in this game, throwing him out routes, deep ones. There's one that was right off his fingers he could have completed. Um, I think his upside's higher, but I think Deontay's the more targeted player no matter what. I mean, they sort of remind me of Lockett and Metcalf a little bit. Kendrick Green, did you like what you saw from him there? A potential future yeah, starter? As starter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, this is getting pretty nerdy, but they only started. He's the only one of the offensive linemen that is has potential to start and that played in this game for the Steelers. And the backup line held up pretty well. Green looks good. There's a lot of buzz around him. I'd be shocked if he's not the starter. So, you know, I mean, little things, but I mean, so many good players were not in this game for both teams. Oh, right. Especially the Cowboys. Like, there was just Man, nothing yeah, when they, they didn't were travel. On, when they had the ball, is like, what? what is going on here? They scored three points in the first quarter, and that was it for them. There's at least, uh, I think, a little bit more name value. Some guys who were actually going to play. I mean, Rico Dowdle, is he going to uh, <laughs> be anything? I mean, you know, maybe the number three there, Tony Pollard. I like what I saw from him. He's got some juice, but he only touched the ball a couple times in that game. And even the receivers, none of the top three guys were involved at all four the the Dallas Cowboys so it's hard to really talk about much that happened there with them you know we got Brandon Eagles so you know unfortunate name for a Dallas Cowboy um you know Cedric <laughs> Wilson Turner Parker like there's just uh, there's nobody I think that got me excited there Sammy Fajoko the rookie I don't know if he's going to be able to crack that lineup as a rookie might have to make some waves on special teams as a gunner uh, to start his career Micah Parsons was really the only big name and you know it was nice to see big fast Micah Parsons out there but he didn't play much either
No, exactly. I mean, Dallas really held people back. I don't think Dak or a couple of the other guys even made the trip, you know, so um, they, I'm not sure these teams took it super seriously. It's a big deal for the middle of the roster and lower guys without question, but I don't think our listeners want me to get that nerdy no. on, you know, <laughs> the steel, the Steeler punter, you know, competition. I, like I think, yeah, I, I'm looking at betonline.ag. I don't see the Steelers punter odds on there right now so we can definitely skip that one and like when it comes to Dak I don't think Dak's gonna play a snap in the preseason and Big Ben might not either right are they trying to figure out this backup thing more than getting Big Ben some reps absolutely Uh, I mean I bet he plays a series or something like that I mean I was shocked Harris played the first round pick but I guess you want to give him some reps but yeah I mean I, I think these teams are not especially with the extra game in the regular season are afraid of the long term you know, consequences of playing guys now, especially guys that they trust. Big Ben gets hurt tomorrow. How much do the Steelers give the 49ers for Jimmy Garoppolo? Mm, that might be an off-season thing that we, you and I have to have a little yeah. hash out between GM. There's going to be a lot, of, a lot of fun ones, I think, when it comes to the Steelers, if this is the end for Big Ben there in Pittsburgh. And it seems like it should be. I don't know. We'll see how it goes so. this yeah. year. But um, there's some intriguing options. Got big-name guys, uh, some handsome, handsome fellas like Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Aaron Rodgers out there potentially for the Steelers. And uh, I think I know which one you would prefer to have. Uh, as the Steelers quarterback <laughs> next year. But, yeah, that that's a conversation for another day, most likely. Um, maybe some potential movement with the waves that Trey Lance is making in camp with Jimmy G, but he does make a big salary. So I think something uh, catastrophic would happen, have, to, have to happen for some team for, for that movement to happen in the preseason. But I do want to preview an episode next week. Uh, obviously, we're going to cover everything with the Hall of Fame speeches, probably not a ton, but on Monday's show. But uh, coming up next week, I want to talk about our favorite players we are looking forward to season to seeing in the preseason when they actually do allow all these players on the field. I think that'll be a fun episode. Go through position by position and just you know pick a couple players for each position group that we're excited to see in preseason games. Yeah, that, that will be fun. I haven't given a lot of thought, but like Jordan Love has to be the top of the list. You right. know what I mean? Last time we saw him was in college, and there's been so much buzz around him, and we don't even know if he's good, bad. You know, we don't know anything about him as an NFL player. Right. There's, a, there's so many rookies and then so many second-year players that we didn't yeah. see. So um, it's going to be a fun preseason, I think. I'm looking forward to this preseason more than any I can ever remember in my life. Uh, next, let's take a few Twitter questions. Let's talk about Mike Sando's QB tiers that we covered last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago now that we covered but now he's got them ranked with what is what are teams opposing quarterbacks? So how how who's got the toughest and the easiest schedule when it comes to facing opposing quarterbacks according to those tiers in the NFL? Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone at Built.com. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. Uh, if you don't know the Built Bar flavors. You're missing out because there's so many good ones. Peanut butter, my number one. You got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Those are the originals, but they are always rolling out specialty flavors. So go to built.com, buy yourself a box, mix your own box of built bars. Not only are those built bar flavors the best tasting protein bar out there, they are healthy. Two, check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs 
in every bar. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at Built.com. Shout out to Mike Sando. Does such great work for The Athletic. Yeah. He's a friend of the program. We used to have him on every single week. we got to have him on, I guess, sometime soon in the preseason, right, to maybe talk about some of these things. We haven't talked to Mike Sando in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And it actually just kind of dawned on me. Sando is a uh, Hall of Fame voter and is always at the big events. So maybe I'll see him this weekend, come to think of it. I should drop him a line and see if he's going to Canton because I'm driving up Saturday morning, spending Saturday night there and doing two uh, three-hour shows. So hoping on Radio Row to see a bunch of the uh, the big-name national people. There you go. Do some face-to-face. We'll talk to him about all this Hall of Fame stuff maybe next week. It's yeah, the yeah. Quarterback he, he's very he's involved at. with the Hall of Fame stuff, by the way. And I love how many people he talks to. He has so much good information and, and conversations he has with scouts and GMs and players and coaches around the league when he's doing lists like his quarterback tier. So he has such good information. I'm sure all the quotes don't make it into his articles. No, 100% not. And one of my favorite things, just a quick Sando aside, there was about a three or four year stretch there with ESPN that he would call me, I think it was like every Tuesday night. And we would just talk on the phone for an hour. And then Wednesday morning, there was an article by Mike and Matt. <laughs> you know, wow. whatever the what two of us chatted about for an hour. You know, he'd bring up a handful of topics or we'd just get off on a tangent and he'd put it all together. And by noon the next day, it was a, a co-authored story that all I did was chat on the phone with him for. So <laughs> That's he's awesome. fantastic. That's the best way to get your uh, name on byline, <laughs> I think. Absolutely. But he's a good dude. The toughest schedule for opposing quarterbacks in the NFL is... The Chicago Bears, their opposing quarterbacks this season average tier 2.32. So upper tier two quarterbacks, they've got a lot of tier ones in there as well with Aaron Rodgers twice, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. I mean, that's a tough go for the Chicago Bears, who are a team that are hoping to have turned things around uh, with their own quarterback. And by the way, if it's Andy Dalton who's starting all all year, he's a a late tier three quarterback, according to uh, those voting. And if you don't remember, there's only four tiers. So he's second to last tier and late in that tier. Yeah. And what Mike does here is we've often referred to his quarterback tiers. So what he does is he just kind of averages out every quarterback on every team's schedule, assuming everyone stays healthy, which they won't, and realizes, wow, the Bears, they play Rodgers twice, Brady, Wilson, all those guys are tier one quarterbacks. They face the toughest slate of quarterbacks in the league, as you mentioned. And then he mentions who your quarterback is, which is Dalton, like you mentioned, who's near the bottom of the list. So in terms of strength of schedule quarterbacks, the Bears have it the hardest. They have a big differential, one and a half tiers worth of differential. The question is, Justin Fields, does he skew that differential? I mean, I have to imagine Justin Fields can roll in and be a tier three quarterback pretty easily his rookie season. And maybe when we're doing this list next year, we're talking about him as a tier two guy, right? Yeah. And and even if he's just really hard to play against, you know what I mean? There's no book on the guy. Super athletic, especially compared to Dalton. Everyone around the league has faced Dalton in some capacity, and I'm sure there's a book on him. You know, I'm sure you ask any defensive coordinator on the Bears' schedule, they'd rather line up against Dalton. Yeah, because you get a guy like Justin Fields. Speaking of players, easily in my top three of of players I want to see in the preseason is Justin Mm Fields. But with his arm strength and his accuracy, 
He can just, even if things aren't going great, he'll make some big plays and some big throws in a game. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, crap, he runs 4-4 too. So he can take off and and get some big chunk yardage. So uh, I would imagine when there's no book on him, it might be pretty difficult to play against him, even if he's not completely developed as a quarterback yet in the NFL. 100%. I think that's 100% true. And I I hope we see him soon. And of course, he'll be very high on the list of uh, preseason players to watch. The second most difficult opposing quarterback competition in the NFL in 2021 is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their opposing quarterbacks average 2.36 tiers, but thankfully they have a tier two quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, so the differential isn't as big as the Chicago Bears with Andy Dalton in there. Yeah, and if you go by Vegas win totals, the Steelers and Raiders have the hardest schedules, period. The quarterbacks aside, I'm sure these things go hand in hand. If you have a good quarterback, you're a hard team to play against. I mean, I, I think the AFC North quarterback slates are pretty rough. You know, you play Lamar twice, Burrow twice, Baker twice, and Wilson, Mahomes, and Rodgers are on the schedule as well. Josh Allen, you know, that's a rough schedule. Yeah, Lamar twice. Herbert's on there for the Steelers. You even got Tannehill yeah. and Carr and, and Burrow a couple times. By the way, uh, reports haven't been great with Burrow's comeback and no. the Cincinnati Bengals offense. And like you can't say we didn't warn him, Matt. Uh, it sounded like the offensive line's not doing a great job in camp, and the defensive line uh, of the of the Cincinnati Bengals is giving the offensive line some troubles, which in turn is giving Joe Burrow some troubles. And look, he's coming off an ACL. Protect the young man. Uh, if he can't get the ball out to his first round pick wide receiver, then what's the point, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, maybe we shouldn't have been so ambitious with Burrow's, you know, recovery and return. Uh, will he play in the preseason? Who's to say? But yeah, the the blurbs you're reading are boy, not going well for Burrow in this offense. We'll see. Those are the tough decisions because Dak. It's like who cares? Don't play him. You know, right, right, um, right. Other players coming off ACLs. Nick Bosa. He's like a ten year oh. veteran as a rookie. Don't play him until week one. Doesn't matter at all. Joe Burrow, you want to get him some reps, but he, he's still not even close to a year from his ACL. So, you know, that that's those are the tough decisions in the preseason this year. Yeah, without question. I mean, he's, you know, you're going to get him playing with Chase. You want to get that line used to him. Um, you know, he got thrown in the mix immediately as a year ago. He's very, very young. Um, it's funny, actually, though, I'm sitting here looking at the Steelers um, group of quarterbacks they have to play. And one of their easy ones is Andy Dalton, which very well could be Justin Fields and be even harder. I'm seeing a, a pattern here. NFC North, the third most yeah, difficult yeah. here is the Minnesota Vikings, Aaron Rodgers a couple times. Again, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, uh, Kyler Murray, so uh, Ben Roethlisberger. So, yeah, difficult to go there for a Tier 2 quarterback in Kirk Cousins because his average quarterback competition will be more uh, better than him, according to GMs and coaches around the league. But not by a ton. But that's sort of the Kirk Cousins line. You know, it's not quite Mendoza line. I think a Mendoza line in baseball's a lower level. Kirk Cousins is right, higher than right. that. But he's also like that level of, man, um, our team is, you know, the, the worst playoff team or the best non-playoff team. That That's the type of quarterback that Kirk Cousins is right now. And so a good quarterback might be better. A bad quarterback, you're, you have the advantage because you have Kirk Cousins, who's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, and just looking at their list, well, it's pretty obvious the North plays the North, so there's a lot of good quarterbacks mm-hmm. in both Norths, so they're high on this list. But, you know, with all respect to Cousins, I get a lot of heat from Twitter saying, you're too hard on him. I think he's average. Average isn't bad. Average isn't terrible. Isn't great. You know, but there's easily 
six, seven, eight games here where the Vikings are going to have the inferior quarterback. I mean, Dak and Stafford and Lamar and Russell and Rodgers twice. I mean, and then there's some that it's, at least it's a, a competition. Mayfield, Ben, Burrow, you know, who's the better player that given day or healthier? Um, yeah, tough, tough sledding. Obviously, the Lions have a fourth place schedule, so a little bit easier, but they're among, uh, you know, some of the most difficult as well, being in the NFC North there. Let's finish out the top five teams, though. Fourth is the Washington football team. Again, Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, Wilson, a bunch of tier one quarterbacks, and then a bunch more tier two quarterbacks with Josh Allen, who's probably uh, potentially playing like a tier one quarterback, too. So even that skews more difficult than it even looks on paper here. Dak a couple times. You got uh, Justin Herbert. So Washington football team defense who could be one of the better defensive units in the NFL has their work cut out for him. Yeah. And it just so happens. Some of these teams with the hardest quarterback slate don't have great quarterbacks either. You know I mean? Ben's in the you know, cousins, the bear situation, Fitzpatrick. It's not exactly, Oh, Rogers is going to square off against the best quarterbacks in the league, you know? Right. So yeah, is it going to be Fitz magic or Fitz tragic? Is he behind in games and chucking off his back foot and throwing interceptions or uh, is the defense keeping him close and, and he's going out there and helping him win some games. So that, that's going to be an interesting team to watch for sure in Washington. Uh, the last one here, actually speaking of having a quarterback yeah, that has a better tier than opposing quarterbacks, Los Angeles Rams have the fifth most difficult quarterback schedule, but they're the first team to show up so far with the difficult quarterbacks that their quarterback in Matthew Stafford averages a higher ranking, 2.08 tier ranking for Matthew Stafford versus a two and a half tier ranking for opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, and I don't have much to add to that, but it's just I'm glad that one of these came up because it's not necessarily we're, you know, it, it doesn't matter what your quarterback is for this list, but he does mention it and you can see, wow, that's a big discrepancy. So even though they face a brutal sled of quarterbacks, uh, the Rams should be able to hang at least in the quarterback competition, which means Rams games might be a lot of fun to watch this year. And just Murray said, twice, Wilson, Brady, Rogers, oh yeah. you know. Yeah, all those all those teams in the West is going to be fun because again, it's, it's you know Stafford, Wilson, Kyler Murray a couple times. Uh, you got either Jimmy G or maybe Trey Lance, maybe Trey Lance mm-hmm. twice, maybe Jimmy G once, maybe Trey Lance once. So we'll see how that goes with quarterback in San Francisco, sort of like the Chicago Bears. Uh, how big of a tier? And San Francisco six too, by the way. Right, and so, yeah, you're right. Here yeah. they are. They're they're sixth on the list too. So difficult di- difficult sledding in the North and in the West, especially if you are uh, not the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to the bottom of the list next, right? Uh, this is fun. Let's check out who has the easiest quarterback schedules in the NFL. 32 on the list, Matt, of the Mike Sando tiers, the opposing quarterback schedule, strength of schedule of opposing quarterbacks. Uh, I keep saying the na- the title wrong. You know what I'm talking about. This is the easiest, though. 32 means you are the easiest. You have the lowest ranked opposing quarterbacks. Uh, averaging tier 3.16 are... The defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with Tom Brady, a tier one quarterback. Obviously, um, this has to be the biggest differential in the positive side for your quarterback versus opposing quarterback. So uh, things already weren't going to be pretty rosy for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on paper going into the 2021 season. You look at their opposing quarterbacks and uh, man, it looks even easier. Holy smokes, this list is crazy. I mean, they're the Super Bowl champs, and frankly, they luck into this. It's not because they're champs. I mean, you would think they play a first-place schedule. Actually, they're a second-place schedule. Saints won the division. You'd have a better chance of running into some you know big-time quarterbacks. Yeah, they got Josh Allen. Okay. Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott. Okay. 
But five of their games are against tier two quarterbacks. And two of them are Matt Ryan, who frankly, I don't know is a tier two quarterback. And then the next difficult, most difficult quarterbacks they face are Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, and Zach Wilson, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, Sam Darnold twice, Winston. I mean, man, this is an easy slate of quarterbacks. Uh, Andy Dalton, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts. Will Dalton be the quarterback? We already know Carson Wentz. Well, what week do they play? It might be Carson Wentz, but it could be Jacob Eason. Who knows? It could be Sam right. Ellinger. For, you know, so it's like even this Wentz already. the hardest guys they play against. This got easier on schedule already. Drew Brees retired, so you've either got Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Either way, it's a tier four quarterback, according to uh, the Sando tiers. So, man, um, yeah, this is why Vegas is heavy on Tampa Bay getting back to the Super Bowl this year. Without question. And just looking at it now, you know, the first, this next team is a pretty good team, too, with, you know, a nice situation for them. Again, another quarterback that, uh, you know, is kind of a tier one, tier two quarterback, played like a tier one. Show me again is what the coaches and GMs were saying for him to jump into that second tier because he was, uh, you know, the top quarterback in tier two, and that's Josh Allen. And he gets to go against opposing quarterbacks that average tier 3.13. So not quite as big of a gap as Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but still it's a nice, nice little quarterback schedule here for the Buffalo Bills who are hoping to go back to uh, the division champion back in the playoffs and deep in the playoffs. Yeah, and Mahomes and Brady are on the slate for the Bills. Fine. But 10 of their 17 games are against tier four quarterbacks. Blah. I mean, you got to be favored in all those and probably I'm not going to say they're going to win them all, but man, that sets up pretty, pretty darn well for the bills. Yeah. Two or twice cam or maybe Mac Jones in there. Zach Wilson, you get a rookie Zach Wilson a couple of times there. We'll see how good he looks. Another rookie and Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence on the schedule. So this one could potentially trend more difficult than it looks like on paper, but yeah. still, even then it's not a bad schedule of opposing quarterbacks at all. No, again, I mean, Matt Ryan is the third hardest quarterback you play as it stands right now. And you're right. The Lawrence's, the Wilson's, um, we mentioned Fields. They could muck this thing up and be harder to play against in November than it looks right now without question. But we have a pretty good idea who these players are. Right, and we'll see what happens with Zach Wilson because his New York Jets are next. They're 30th in the NFC East. Again, it's Brady, Josh Allen twice. Then you get Matt Ryan, Tannehill, and then things get much easier from there the rest of the way. But again, a couple quarterbacks that could be a little bit more difficult depending on how things go with development. Jalen Hurts and Tua a couple times. Is it Cam Newton all year? Is it Mac Jones? Uh, Sam Darnold, is there more there than we know? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. So again, this is one that could skew more difficult for opposing quarterbacks, but on paper, it looks good for the New York Jets to have maybe uh, start their rebuild with a few W's in 2021. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the Jets have the third easiest slate for, uh, per these rankings, but they're still behind. I mean, they're still minus 0.5 because Zach Wilson, which again is really an unknown, who knows how he is, but they may not be able to capitalize on it like Allen and you know Brady can. NFC South, again, Atlanta Falcons here, uh, the 29th most difficult opposing quarterback schedule, averaging a tier 3.06 quarterbacks on the season with their quarterback better than that in the the 2.36 tier average 
range, according to GMs and coaches around the league. Tom Brady a couple times is obviously the the most difficult part of their schedule. Josh Allen in there with Dak Prescott. Uh, and then it goes directly to Jared Goff, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, me, Daniel right? Jones. I mean, that is a huge drop-off from Tier 2 to what they're going to see. But again, some young quarterbacks that could maybe be better than what they're being ranked out as. You know, with Jimmy Garoppolo, does that become... Uh, Trey Lance, Lance, Zach Wilson's right. on the schedule. Trevor Lawrence is on the schedule. You get Sam Darnold a couple times. Um, can Peyton work some magic with Jameis Winston in uh, in New Orleans? So those questions. The, it could be again a more difficult schedule, but even still, best case scenario, that's a huge drop off to Jared Goff being your fourth most difficult opponent at quarterback. Yeah, right. That's the thing that dropped that jumped out of me is Goff's the fourth hardest quarterback you're going to play, and the real difference between them and Tampa is. Tampa has to play against Ryan twice where Atlanta has to play against Brady twice. So mm-hmm. I'd rather play against Ryan than Brady. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So and interesting. Those, and but, those defenses would rather play that Falcons defense than the Tampa defense quite a bit. Absolutely. That's kind of what I was thinking is maybe new coach in Atlanta's defense and, you know, and head coach, not a difficult slate of quarterbacks. Maybe the, the Atlanta D takes a step forward and looks better and is more productive. Last one here, and you hope it's Dak Prescott that's healthy and playing for the Dallas Cowboys, who have uh, the fifth easiest opponent quarterback schedule, averaging a tier three quarterbacks with their own high tier two quarterback in Dak Prescott. They got Mahomes on the schedule. They got Brady on the schedule. Justin Herbert, I'm very bullish on him in year two. I've seen some wow throws from him in training camp already. I mean, he just looks like so much the real deal. Then it's Matt Ryan, Kyler Murray, some that could be pretty difficult, but the 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 end of their schedule looks really nice. You get Jalen Hurts and the Eagles a couple times. Whoever's quarterback at Bridgewater or Locke looking like Locke is winning that competition so far early going in camp with the Broncos. Um, you know, you get Cam Newton in there. Maybe it's a rookie in Mac Jones. Uh, doesn't scare you probably either way. This isn't the Mac. This isn't the Cam Newton of 2015. Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold. Fitzpatrick a couple times, Daniel Jones a couple times, and then, you know, then some middling quarterbacks with Cousins and Carr, uh, Murray. So uh, some winnable opponents there for that powerhouse Dallas Cowboys offense. Can their defense slow down those quarterbacks we're talking about? Yeah, sort of like I said with Atlanta, maybe Dallas's D perceives to take a step forward, younger, reduce their number of um, mental errors and coverage busts. But what stands out here, which isn't real rocket science to figure out, is the six most important games on their schedule are against Daniel Jones, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Jalen Hurts in the division. Like, is there a bigger gap between one and two at the quarterback position than the NFC East? Well, probably the NFC North. Rodgers is clearly better yes. than the second best quarterback. But at least North. with the North, with Cousins and the potential of what Justin Fields could be, yeah. That is still something I, I, I'd rather face all those quarterbacks in the East than those two guys. Yes. Cousins is way better than Jones, Fitzpatrick, or Hurts. Right. And the what Fields might be is probably better than all those guys, too. Absolutely. Certainly is. Good stuff. That is the five Fun. most difficult quarterback schedules and the five easiest quarterback schedules in the NFL coming up in 2021. Hat tip to Mike Sando and his quarterback tiers a Hall of Fame voter. We should get him on the podcast absolutely next week. If yeah, he's, hoping to sure run he's, into him. he's a busy man, I know, but he's a friend of the pod. Maybe we can get him on for at least a quick segment, Matt. If you see him face-to-face, do some uh, I'll booking. buy him a cold one and yeah. sweet talk. There you go. Yeah, that'll do it. 
Then he, he can't say no if he's had a couple of brews, right? No, I'm a charming guy. <laughs> that, isn't this odd, though? You're going to see colleagues in person, and th- that's wild, right? I know. I mean, last time that was possible was two years combine ago, I guess. Yeah. Before I remember driving home and hearing the word COVID for like the first time. I'm like, what's COVID? Ah, it's no big deal. Don't yeah, worry about it. That's not going to happen. Come on. Right. Come on. Well, face to face, football, fans, games happening. Love it. And Matt and I have you covered every day of it all right here. Peacock and Williamson.